What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. of the business podcast i am your co-host jp john pause the two-man power trip of wrestling and of course joining me here each and every week is mr trump mania himself lavi margolin lavi how you doing today sir i'm doing great um i'm really excited tonight uh we have a really unique guest um and um there's a lot of news floating around so i'm looking forward to both on this very special episode number 21, we have Brian Anderson of WrestleMap. Brian, how you doing? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. How about you? Not too bad at all. I feel like this is going to be a pretty fun episode here, especially looking at your Twitter and looking at your website and stuff. So just tell us a little bit, just to get started, kind of about yourself and where you're from. I know we're just kind of joking around off air. It's not Nigeria, as previously <laughs> thought. No, that's right. Uh, my name's Brian. I'm from uh, Buffalo, New York, actually. Um, and I run the WrestleMap.com website and, and, you know, Twitter page, social media, all that. Um, yeah, basically, I don't, do you want me to get into what the site and everything is all about right now? Or do you want to hold off a little? Just hold off one second. I'm kind of first want to get, like, get into your head and see where you're at. So were sure. you always a longtime wrestling fan? Yeah, uh, for sure. I remember man probably being like two years old and i like i have wrestling memories from you know as a two-year-old i remember getting you know the big rubber ljn action figures from wwf and uh you know just being obsessed i mean there was a time where i you know took a break for sure i mean maybe like a 10-year break from like really actively watching i always followed wrestling even in that time like you know i would read up on what was going on but you know um but i guess like when i'm you know, fully engulfed as a fan. I'm like very fully engulfed. So, 
And what were you a fan of? I know WWF and stuff, but as you kind of grew up, you stuck with WWF. You're just a, a WWF guy. Well, no, actually, uh, the opposite. I was more uh, like throughout the Monday Night Wars. I was more WCW, um, and I was a big ECW fan as well. Um, I always hit myself because I missed like my one chance to go to an ECW show when it came to Burt Flickinger in Buffalo, and like that's like probably my number one wrestling regret not being able to go see ECW when I had the chance. But um, yeah, other than that, I mean. I, not to say that I wasn't into, you know, WWF at that point, too. Uh, you know, I would switch back and forth during Raw and Nitro, but mostly, you know, stuck towards WCW, I think was number one. When you first became a fan, like who attracted you? What like made you become a fan? <sighs> From what I can remember, I think the first person that I really liked was Hogan. And I think what why i was watching i think like my family my dad was into it for a little bit and even like my grandparents so it, it just kind of be on and hogan was the first one that drew me in for sure and i remember you know just being all about hulkamania and i loved you know wrestlemania 3 like i have a very like light memory of it i was only like three years old but it's like something like i feel like that's probably my first uh wrestling memories like remembering that night just kind of crazy it is absolutely epic. So memorable, obviously, the slam right. heard around the world. You can't forget it. They, now they played it in front of like every open they ever do. <laughs> right. They play that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, all of Hogan's stories over the years kind of like loses its luster a little bit. But I, I don't know. You know, if you, if you remember it from when it happened, it's still it's still got to be one of your top moments, I think. It's so funny, too, if he tells a story like uh, he'll be like, oh, Andre died the next day, brother, after I slammed him. Like, <laughs> like, doesn't even make sense, Hulk. What are you talking about? Right. And the audience size always grows. Yes. Into the hundreds of thousands. So <laughs> You got to love that. Keep yeah. kayfabe alive, Hulk. I love right. it. <laughs> now, as you kind of grew up, you said WCW. I was kind of a WCW guy as well. Just absolutely love that. Were you like a big NWO guy? Like, what made you kind of fall in love with WCW? Yeah, I think NWO definitely drew me in just because it was so different. Um, just like the energy of it, it just felt so different than anything else in wrestling. A lot more real, like the a lot of the stuff they were doing, you know, with behind the scenes and like ambulances coming. Like that was, you know, you didn't really see that on TV. So that I think that's what kind of pulled me into that. And then, I don't know. I was also really into uh, Raven, Raven and his flock. That that was also, you know, one of my big things at the time. So you were probably a big grunge guy. You know, you're oh, all. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why I really thought he was the coolest. I, I actually had um, a little group I started up in school. We called ourselves the flock. And I played Raven since we started it. And uh, we actually got in trouble at one point because another group started up called the Wolf Pack. And they jumped us in the hallway. <laughs> it was kind of like a fake wrestling beatdown, not like a real beatdown. But um, yeah, then I got called into the principal's office and got lectured about gang violence. So that was kind of the end of that. <laughs> that was like us, man. Oh, my God. We were dressed up in our NWO stuff. Had we Even at football practice, we had the shirts on underneath. You know, then we'd all gang beat up certain people. And, you know, for fun, of course. But it, it was great. Those are the days, huh? Oh, yeah. Now, as far as kind of 
getting outside of wrestling, but what's kind of your background? Do you have like a technology background, website creation background, programming background? What kind of led you into the website world? Um, that's a good question. I, I haven't really made a website since I was kind of probably like middle schooler, I would say eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, and the last website that I would have made was probably for my backyard wrestling promotion that we were doing at the time. Um, so outside of wrestling, I've like web design isn't really something or creating a website isn't really something that I did. Um, at one point I did try to go to like when I first went to college, my major was uh, like computer programming, but I flunked out of that really hard and really fast. So um, I'm not really like a whiz on the programming end. And I don't know, it's just kind of like I had the, I don't, when I had the original idea to build a wrestling map and I put it out there and I got the response that I got, that's when I kind of decided, okay, I should find a spot for this online and then you know, that's kind of where I guess it rekindled the flame of web design from when I was a kid and doing wrestling websites. Gotta love backyard wrestling. I feel like everybody had their own league now that I'm talking oh, to everybody. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I know. I see that a lot. I definitely come across it a lot. A lot of kids that grew up into wrestling that are around the same age as me, at least they're a lot of backyard wrestling. And it's funny when people start getting a few drinks, they're like, oh, we should start up backyard wrestling again. I was like, eh, we're pretty old now. I don't know about that anymore. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I know. Sometimes, like, a couple of friends that were here and there, you know, after a couple of drinks, they'll start, like, start up a match in the basement. But, like, that kind of got put to an end recently because they ended up um, going through someone's TV and they had to replace it. So, oh, geez. Yeah. Luckily, I was not involved in that one. So. Luckily, I usually don't wrestle with them when they do. So it's funny too because a buddy of mine moved recently, so he found all these like VHS tapes, and somehow he saw his VHS player, and he was like from his phone showing some of the stuff. It's like, oh my god, like this is like 15, 20 years old. What? <laughs> how the hell did you find this stuff? Oh, that's great. That's one thing that I wish I could find is my old backyard wrestling tapes. But yeah, no luck. I've tried many times, tried to contact other people that I thought might have them, and no luck ever. So. I guess they're pretty much gone, which is a shame. I know. I feel like th this uh, friend of mine might use them as blackmail. There's, you know, some of them are pretty bad. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, they're terrible. It's still <laughs> fun to watch, though. It's like yeah, you, oh yeah. You get the nostalgia, I guess. Kind of think back on those days and how fun it was, and yeah. Now, Lavi, I know you're uh, dying to ask Brian a lot of questions. Why don't you step in here? Yes, but uh, first I must admit, and it's, you know, you would think it's it's the husband's fault or something like that. We did lose all the copies of our wedding. So so it's not only it's not only backyard wrestling, but it, I didn't tape over anything. It was just a series of unfortunate events, but hopefully things will, will turn up. So fingers crossed. Um, what I find really fascinating is, is one of the things before we even talk about WrestleMap is the fact that you're from Buffalo. Like, I feel like uh, a quarter of my the people that I follow on Twitter now, which is less than 100, are, are um, in the in the Buffalo area. So oh, wow, uh, maybe okay. I'm in I'm in downstate New York. I feel like maybe my people are in <laughs> Western New York. Of course, I have to drop Brandon Thurston at least once on the podcast. So um 
uh, we were talking a little bit off air on on how um, those connections spider out and um, and uh, you know there's some some connections there with the community, which I think is really cool. Yeah. But um, you know, I'd love to know more about WrestleMap. Of course, it's a map of wrestling, which is amazingly comprehensive. But there's so many news stories that, at least in terms of English language, Twitter or news aggregation, no one else is sharing. So where's all of that coming from? The stories themselves, um, a lot of it comes just from uh, connections that I made that started with building of the wrestling map, the pro wrestling map, which was the kind of the whole idea behind the site. Um, so the stories basically the the map serves as a really great tool for me to be able to like look throughout the world at wrestling throughout the world fairly easy you know because i have it all in this one spot so i'll try to go through websites social media stuff like that to you know in regions that i would like to cover that are interesting to me and i think would be interesting to other people so and then through there, I do build a lot of connections with people, you know, either if I, it's writing a story first or talking to them for a story. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of a combination of that, of just connections and the map itself. So you have like affiliates, let's say um, in Nigeria, where somebody says, oh, you know, I follow it really closely or I'm affiliated with the promotion. Can I contribute regular stories or or clips to to your website? Yeah, to an extent. Um, the clips, a lot of that, the the clips that we've been showing, well, one, they're coming from a couple different places. Um, on one end, we I do I do have a connection with someone with uh, Nigeria Pro Wrestling Federation and also Pro Wrestling Africa, and we kind of work together on the clips that we do, the video clips. Um, and then, I'm sorry, what was the second part? <laughs> sure, just in terms of uh, how people are, are contributing these these oh, pieces yeah. regularly. Yeah, and then in other, um, some of the wrestlers, like I've developed relationships with some wrestlers, um, some mostly African wrestlers, some in other places too. But as for the like the clips that I do post, a lot of those come directly from the wrestlers that... Um, you know, are in either Nigeria or the Congo that I've kind of grown, um, built a relationship with. Cool. Um, so um, I'm not sure if you've ever come across mine, but I, at least in, in America, I have a comprehensive list of all of the um, traditional te- television programs that air here. So if you find yourself having more time and now that you've made connections all over the world if you wanted to make a list of all the television programs all over the world especially outside of america we definitely encourage you to do that it's actually funny that you mentioned that because that is an idea that i've had and i would love to compile something where because not actually outside of america there isn't a lot that at least that I've found that actually makes it on to cable TV in other countries. A lot of it is YouTube. I mean, there might be, you know, some examples here and there, but I think for the most part, it's not, they're not really getting on traditional TV. So it's getting released on YouTube and things like that. 
or maybe even through a streaming service. But that that is an idea that I had. Um, this would be after like the map was completely finished, which it isn't. Um, but from there, then I would like to do it would almost be a schedule where it's, you know, each night from anywhere in the world where you can get, you know, new content that's coming out, new wrestling content that's coming out if they have like a schedule in place. But that that would be pretty awesome. And we'd be happy to uh, to put a rocket behind it as much as we could, because <laughs> uh, we love that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't been that ambitious. America has been a challenge enough for me. I haven't oh, taken yeah. on the world yet. Well, I think honestly, I think America's maybe just as big of a challenge because there's just so much wrestling in the U.S. It, like when when I just look at and I don't even I know that the map that I've built is lacking in the U.S. because I've kind of focused more on other things for the time being, but I do want to fill in everything. Like the goal is to have every promotion in the world on the map and on and on the accompanying list that I'm building. Um, but I, I wanted to focus on kind of like international wrestling first before I went in and filled everything in, in the U S but there's no, just... but I've definitely tested it out in the New York and New Jersey area. Um, John is, is from similar uh, region as I or in New Jersey to be more specific, but, uh, and I'm in New York. Um, and um, I was finding the, um, you know, all of the federations I was looking for. So, so it looks, it looks great um, from my end. Um, I'm not sure if you ever come across the wrestling calendar website or Twitter handle, at least pre COVID they were, you know, like you could, you could do a zip code search and find like, you know, within a thousand miles, uh, you know, every show that was listed publicly. So that might be um, somebody for you to reach out to, I don't know, collaborate, uh, yeah. just an idea there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in terms of seeing so much news and trends, so, so like, are there certain trends that you're noticing worldwide in terms of regions, uh, I don't know, number of shows, um, just anything that stands out to you that we, people that aren't looking at that sort of data might not be aware of? Yeah, sure. I think, um, there's one region right now that it's kind of surprised me that's been really active with put, both putting on shows and like the volume of promotions that are popping up um, South Asia. So like, India, Pakistan, and Nepal, that whole region is kind of like, I think they're going through like a wrestling boom right there right now. Um, and it's really interesting to see. I, I don't know if you saw, I posted a little bit about, there was a, a show recently in nepal they they follow a different calendar they follow a hindu calendar so they just celebrated their new year um so for their new year's day they had this an outdoor show pretty much just on top of a mountain in like a rural area of nepal and they had this huge turnout with people watching on the side of the mountains and it was just really cool to see and i think i think that between nepal and pakistan and india that they're really putting together maybe even like a nice little indie circuit in there. No, I, I love that sort of thing. And um, I did see it. I think that was one of the tweets that I shared recently. It's it's actually hard for me to resist. Like I kind of want to share everything that you post because it's so unique, but I don't want people to, to start getting confused with who's who and, and what's <laughs> what. So people should definitely, of course, follow uh, WrestleMap directly um, as well. Um 
So, uh, John, did you have um, some more questions? I'm just curious, like, as far as the wrestle map, like the, the grand scheme of things, would you like to cover like everything ever? You know what I mean? Would you like to be just on board with any possible, you know, link or information about every possible organization? Yeah, ideally that's the goal, but it's, I know that that's pretty much impossible. Um, especially right now it's a little bit easier to kind of look at things around the world and get an idea of what's going on because there aren't as many shows going on because of the pandemic. So it's kind of easier to like catch up on, you know, things in different countries, but ideally I would like to have, and I know this would be a ton of work as well, but if, if I could, I guess in a fantasy scenario, I would love to have someone that covered like each country and you know submitted news to the site that we would post um so we could have you know be that comprehensive on wrestling in the world that's that's a goal that that might be a pipe dream but it, it is something that i'm interested in doing yeah okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you care like each country, let's say like work rate and stuff like that, if the show is good or not, is that something you kind of generally care about or want to focus on? Or just more worried about the show and what's going on. Um, I think, uh, oh, it, I think I'm more interested in the story of just the grand scheme of things. So, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus and say, you know, they're give an example or anything, like that. but yeah, there's, there are some countries where the wrestling maybe isn't that, you know, like if you were to see it in a, I don't know, on WWE, you'd be like, Oh, this is not good. But I think also that a lot of that comes with the fact that there isn't really like training available to a lot of these wrestlers and they're kind of just kind of figuring it out on their own as they go. Um, so I think to me, I'm more interested in, I guess, what they are accomplishing compared to what they're not accomplishing in the ring, if that makes sense. Do you care 
like about the quality of each show per se, or, or, or is the quality maybe getting better on each show? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think when I, if I were to write a news piece where I was actually talking about an event in depth, I think I would say like, this was a great match. Check this match out. Um, something like that. And I think that if, if it wasn't, and if I were to report something on it, I might just stick to a couple, I think, interesting facts. Or, you know, each, let's say each country, like, you know, you see the Congo and all these other places kind of uh, popping up with wrestlers. Is it kind of your idea to kind of get them more popularity? Or is this more of like a, just a news kind of thing? Um, no, I I would love to help get them more popularity. And I think that's a big thing, especially in, with African wrestling, because there's a whole continent of wrestlers that it's like no one knows anything about. And I feel like that shouldn't be the case because there's definitely some really good wrestlers in Africa that I hope, you know, from the coverage that they'll get more opportunities. That's kind of the goal, just getting everyone more opportunities everywhere. If, let's say, you know, they got better and stuff. Do you think it would lead to opportunities once the pandemic is over? Do you think it would lead to opportunities in the States? Like, are you going to almost be like a helpful liaison for some of these guys? I really hope so. That would be great for them. Um, And I would like, yeah, I would, I'd be willing to help them in any way that I can. There is something that um, I've had discussions with a couple people about things like that, but I mean, there isn't anything official, but um yeah, like I would love to see, you know, wrestlers being able to travel and get paid is really it. I mean, just since you mentioned the Congo, wrestlers in the Congo don't get paid at all. They have, they perform in front of huge crowds that are like literally sometimes thousands of people and they're not getting paid at all. So I think, you know, if they had an opportunity to get paid because they're still training, they still get wrestling training and everything. If they had a chance to tour and get paid and you know, make a living as wrestling. I think that would just make wrestling that much better around the world for everyone. It's interesting to see like all these different things popping up. Um, UAE is having events, apparently Egypt, right. is starting a new promotion, but just it, like, so crazy to me. Like, wow, this place is wrestling. This place yeah. like just pops up out of nowhere almost. Yeah. That's kind of almost what got me started on the whole project. Um, I think I like a few years back somehow I I don't even know how it happened I got like a something you on YouTube as a recommendation for like wrestling in in South Africa and then I just I got more interested in international wrestling from there and then recently this year I and I know it's not like super international anymore you know I watched a documentary about wrestling in the UK like the history of it and i guess they're probably like a major player now you would say internationally in pro wrestling but just to learn about things that i had no idea about like in the history of their wrestling like that the fact that the queen had like attended pro wrestling and how many millions of people were watching pro wrestling shows and from there it was kind of like i want to have a way to be able to document all this and that's part of i think why i started to build the map just kind of I wanted to have a place that I could come back to with all this information and keep it stored. So I can, at least I could revisit it. 
and then Alaska been popping up a lot with WrestlePro Alaska. Obviously, you know that it's still technically United States, but it's just so crazy. It's like, wow, Alaska, they don't have many shows. And all of a sudden, Kevin Matthews and WrestlePro, they're basically running their own organization out there. Yeah, that's pretty cool to see. And I saw that they, their goal is to, I think they said on their Twitter page, it's to make wrestling a thing in Alaska. So that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's, um, uh, wrestling in the Arctic is just cool to me as it is. There's another promotion in uh, Northern Canada and the Northern Territories called Totally Arctic. And they're a very interesting story to me. Where do you think like these fans just popped up from all of a sudden? You think they were always fans that were just nothing there? And then when somebody's like, hey, we have wrestling, then all of a sudden they pop back up? Yeah, I think so. I think, I feel like it while researching for like this project so i do a lot of research trying to find like social media pages all sorts of things like that like you can see that it like pro wrestling is really it's like very popular around the world like i think a lot of people would be surprised to see how popular it is so i i think that is what it is like maybe you know a couple of these people that grew up being fans they said okay i want to be a wrestler and they you know started up their own thing and you know, they had the fans there. I That's kind of what it seems like to me, at least. feels like, I don't know, it's like they were probably always fans. There was nothing going on. So they were just like hiding in, in the darkness, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, damn. And then I guess Kevin Matthews went out there on vacation or something and just found out there was a bunch of fans somehow. And, you know, he decided to make this strategic but risky move. Right. And it's, yeah, they're, they're touring throughout Alaska, which is awesome to see going, because I I would expect, you know, if someone told me there's pro wrestling in Alaska, I would think, okay, maybe in like Anchorage, because that's like the big city there. But yeah, they're, they're touring out into like smaller towns in Alaska and stuff. It's really awesome to see. With this kind of new promotion in Egypt and all those other things. Do any of the wrestlers ever get kind of like worried? Like, is this legit? Like, where's the money coming from? Um, am I going to get paid? How am I going to get there? How am I going to get home? Or is that not even really a thing? Um, I'm sure for some people it probably is. Um, the one in Egypt that you mentioned, uh, the PWO, Professional Wrestling Organization, they're called um, – uh, Ricardo Rodriguez is actually involved in it in some way. He's like one of the, I think he's a front office guy. So I, I don't know exactly how he ended up there, but I think that might be why, because they've had um, Chris Masters and Carlito have done stuff for them so far. And Sammy Guevara did a, an appearance for them. So I think that connection must be, you know, what, what tells those guys like, okay, yeah, this is legit but yeah for other guys traveling other places like that i mean you definitely hear the stories about you know dangerous situations or you know am i going to get paid all that I, I haven't personally come across much of it but i have heard plenty of stories like you know podcasts stuff like that so with you know egypt and stuff do they stream this stuff like is it readily available these promotions um PWO, I think, is going to use YouTube a lot. From the, That's the impression I've gotten from them. They haven't had a, a full show yet. They've only done, like, they did, like, an in-ring segment where they had a little brawl and they introduced, like, who was going to be in their world title match. Um, 
and they put all that on YouTube. So I think they'll probably utilize YouTube a lot. I don't know if they'll have TV, like a TV deal in Egypt. Maybe they will. I, I know that Sammy Guevara was doing some media appearances for them when he was there. So I don't know if that coincides just with the fact that, you know, hey, we have this wrestling group now or if it's, you know, something for actual publicity for TV that I'm not too sure about. WXW, I saw you guys covering them. Man, I uh, you know hear about them a lot. I was talking to Bad Bones uh, yeah. earlier today. Obviously, big uh, WXW kind of uh, alumni. They're still going, huh? They're still around after all these years. Yeah, they're they're doing at least some of their shows are getting picked up on. Well, what was WWE Network Peacock now? So I I, I guess I don't know. Like one now that they've switched over to Peacock, if they'll still be doing some of the stuff with the international indie promotions that they were doing. Like I know they were doing some stuff with uh, insane championship wrestling too out of the UK, but I, and, and maybe even progress as well. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to keep doing that or not now with the whole Peacock thing, but I know that WXW was part of that. So they're getting like a bigger platform even than they had been, which is cool for them. Guys, as we're recording, I have uh, some breaking news. I'm watching the MLW stream on YouTube, and they are coming to Vice TV. Wow. Interesting. That's uh, not bad. Vice TV seems like they're very wrestling-centric. Obviously, Dark Side of the Ring, Dark Side of the Ring Confidential. They're getting a little wrestling-centric over there. Yeah, it's interesting because... um, I was wondering if they actually had wanted wrestling. It seemed like a great connection just because of how well they're doing with the um, with the dark side of the ring and, and everything like that. But, um, you know, we heard rumors of New Japan, but um, I think this is um, a really big break for uh, for MLW. They finally announced something. I feel like, uh, you know, Court kind of was talking about announcements, announcements for months, and nothing was really announced. So they're glad this uh, finally came through. Hopefully, uh, this worked out well for them. And it's on a um, a station that that has larger coverage, so we're going to get some some Nielsen ratings. Should uh, mm-hmm. should they break through? I mean, um, being uh, sports, of course, is rated, but um, when the lists come out of like the top 115 stations, being sports and being sports Espanol is usually like number 110 to 115, averaging five to seven thousand a night. But um, the dark side of the ring, confidential, which is mostly reruns with a little bit of new content, um, their show last week peaked at a. Uh, uh, 130,000 viewers. I feel like the numbers there could be higher, but hopefully MLW can you know do better than that. Maybe they even do better than Impact. Who knows, but that would be nice. Yeah, um I'm 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 looking forward to uh to following that um first <laughs> first for the business and and the numbers and then for the content, but of wrestling that I watch um MLW is right up there with uh, AEW for me. Now, Brian, before we kind of let you go, what's the like the latest for WrestleMap? What can we look forward to going forward from WrestleMap? Oh, well, we're hoping to have some coverage of Pro, Pro Wrestling Africa. They have a big event coming up in, on the 30th of April, and I think we'll be doing a lot with that. Um, a couple of big 
big matches and African pro wrestling going on there. So I think people should be interested in that. Um, hoping to get some footage of it. We'll see what happens. It would be awesome if we could, but um, other than that, um, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away, I guess. <laughs> hopefully, I some, hopefully some big things, but a lot, a lot more news, a lot more wrestling from around the world. Um, international wrestling news and coverage and facts and all sorts of stuff like that. Now, where can everybody find you social media wise, website wise, where can everybody find WrestleMap? Uh, well, WrestleMap.com is the website that you can find the world pro wrestling map uh, along with world pro wrestling news. Um, on Twitter at WrestleMap, we have a Facebook. It's facebook.com slash WrestleMap. Uh, we're on YouTube too, where we have um, we have a match up there from a couple of Nigerian pro wrestlers. Uh, we also have some footage that we release of sometimes wrestlers in training from Africa or um, exhibition matches that they have, some highlight videos, stuff like that. So check that out for sure. And yeah, that's that's really. I think all the social media I'm on, I don't do Instagram, which might be a mistake, but we'll see. Yeah, hop on there. Get on there. <laughs> uh, Brian, I'd like to thank you so much uh, for all the time today. And everyone, definitely check out WrestleMap. Very, very interesting stuff over there. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Um, you know, as somebody that collects data, um, you know, I know how many hours uh, uh, go into it, but I'm sure it's a labor of love. And, um, uh, things will will continue to build for you, and we're happy to continue spreading the word. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Take Thank care. you, Brian. Yep. Right. Take care. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. All right, Lavi. Let's get back to the news. MLW, like you said, is on Vice TV now. It took a while to get it done, but it's finally done. The deal is set. Yeah, um, I think of of all of the network possibilities, this is a um, this is a great one for them. Obviously, um, Vice needs the, the rating support, but they do have good coverage. Wrestling fans already know how to find it. They want the wrestling content, so I think this will help MLW a lot. It seems like MLW has um, their key talents, you know, in place. So I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes. Once they could start doing live events, you know, this might help them more. And uh, I think Impact uh, and uh, ROH does have um, a strong competitor now, um, and we'll see who emerges as in the number three, four, and five slot in the uh, U.S. pro wrestling scene. Do you think that they sign guys now, or do you think that they still won't be able to? I think so. I think that they have, um, you know, like like Fatu is supposed to be under uh, a long-term deal. It seemed like they were a little bit shaky that, like, AEW would come in as the big brother and be like, okay, you know, um, MJF or whomever, I know you're, or uh, Pillman, I know you're under a deal, but 
come on over. Um, and, and, you know, it didn't seem like MLW could do much about it. That might be misrepresenting things. Maybe the deals were more open-ended or maybe there was something worked out that we aren't aware of, um, even with, with Tony Schiavone. So that'll be a key thing to watch. How, how solid are these contracts and can they hold on to the talent? Because there's been a lot of announcements that talent is under contract, but they seem to be able to, to get away somehow. So what is the latest on the Triller and Fight deal that went down? Yeah, so this was uh, this was wild. It was a wild week. Um, to me, this is the biggest long-term story. Um, you know, Triller we've been talking about, and probably one of the only wrestling outfits that has been talking about it for a while, is what Triller was doing with its boxing fights just because it felt so much like pro wrestling um rolling stone had an article as we taped today just a few hours ago that um the last um pay-per-view did about a million buys which is huge um in this market no one really approaches that anymore for the most part um so they're spending a lot of money on this but they're doing really well but to have triller be the parent now of fight and fight has such a um a big presence on the pro wrestling scene whether distributing pay-per-views for you know a lot of the major companies or even being a distributor for companies like catalyst wrestling you know just you know that people could go on and watch pro wrestling stream on fighter or pick it up when they want of course they did the deal with the nwa so there's a lot to see what will happen here in terms of the infrastructure with fight um it seemed like pro wrestling was was a, a big part of what fight does so i imagine that will continue with triller but what i'm curious about is does the management of triller eventually want to have a high profile boxing paper uh, wrestling pay-per-view series that's like it's boxing series and there's so many possibilities there i could see that for sure i could see like, them kind of breaking in there yep yeah, sorry. My my mind is like racing. Like, imagine throwing big money at talent that isn't under contract, like a Batista, CM Punk. You know, people say The Rock, he's loyal to WWE. I mean, he's the biggest movie star in the world, so he doesn't need to do this. But if there's enough millions of dollars, you know, why wouldn't he do a match or, you know, um, Steve Austin, you know, if he didn't take that big match in, in Dallas in WrestleMania a few years ago, maybe, you know, he obviously he's had his health issues. So I don't know if you'd be able to get someone like that, but you know, when a talent comes on the market, you know, if people are willing to pay huge money and it's just for one show or for a series of shows, um, you could have a lot of fight with it. You could have a lot of fun with it fight. Um, uh, you know, and you bring in the celebrities from what I gather of the trailer boxing, it doesn't sound like my cup of tea yet. I haven't watched it. And I think they are spending more than they're making. I would guess, even if there is a million buys, but it could be, uh, it could really shake things up in wrestling. And you could have a, a really strong contender, especially, um, on the premium side of things. Jake Paul and Ben Askren, like you said, over a million buys, pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that got so much attention and, you know, things seem to fall apart with Tyson as, as things do throughout his career in the last mm-hmm. 35 years. But, um, but even with, with, I know Jake Paul is sort of off my radar, but I know he's like huge on, on YouTube and on Instagram or whatever, but Ben Askren, um, 
he's around my my age. I remember watching him in the uh, the NCAA's, you know, with, with that big big head of hair at the time. And of course, he had a lot of success sort of outside the UFC. So a name, but you know, um, as an opponent, I wouldn't have guessed a million buys. But this this thing sort of has to seems to have its own life and like a, a curiosity just because there's so much being thrown into it with the uh, with the rappers and all these um, celebrities and influencers. It's very like millennial or maybe Gen Z feeling. Um, but you know, for boxing, it's like it's it's creating a new life and new interest in its own way. And I I think you would get like lapsed wrestling fans and people that were just curious, at least like rubbernecking, see what's good, what's going on here to try um, a pro wrestling show like this at least once or twice. I did a quick poll on Twitter. Forty five votes on this one. Jake Paul versus Ben Ashkin was a blank. So work. 13%, shoot, 7%, worked, shoot, 29%, and who cares? Got the resounding 51%, just to throw that out there for you. Yeah, you know what I'm curious about? So it took place in Georgia. I don't know, does Georgia have a um, you know a boxing athletic commission? Did they supervise this? So that would be, that would be something curious because uh, if Triller had to hold a uh, a boxing license, then usually, and if it comes out that it was a um, uh, not a uh, real fight, a work, then usually commissions um, uphold each other's licensing. Like if you're to suspend the license for something like this, so I'd be curious if anything comes out of this. What's up with Anthem? They bought Invicta, didn't they? Yeah, so th- that was sort of like hitting around the same time. I was like, oh, okay, we have our biggest story of the week, Anthem, and then there, there was the fight, or maybe one preceded the other. But um, it just goes to show that, you know, Anthem, especially with their investors or their owners, um, they don't necessarily have regret with impact and with um, access TV purchases because they're going more all in um, buying an MMA promotion. That's wonderful. Uh, complimentary programming to fill access and um, can be co-promoted with impact. And I think it's a smart purchase. It's yes, it's not the main brand for MMA, but it, it's um, it's a notable niche in terms of women's MMA, sort of like the, at least in the U.S., sort of like the most notable standalone women's MMA, and there, there's something to that, and there's an appeal, uh, like a unique appeal to explore there. Flex raising fifty million dollars. What are they doing? I mean, they're becoming a big streaming service, obviously, but what are they doing raising this fifty million? Yeah, no, I mean, they started coming out of nowhere, like, uh, you know, like, sort of like through the the opposite end, I was getting all of these updates about Plex, obviously, like, you know, just look at Sinclair with Ring of Honor's station there, they don't distribute anywhere outside of Stir except for Plex. So like, there's some sort of appeal with Plex, whether, you know, the guaranteed money or the advertising split, or I know Plex, like one of their goals is to sort of like aggregate these streaming services to one sort of like a one-stop shop. So, you know, they're quickly growing and um, there certainly seems to be a, a place, uh, at least one channel. Um, we know that there'll be more if, if impact isn't there yet. I, I'd imagine that they'll find their way there for, uh, for pro wrestling and even uh, 
as we talked about on the show, the Spanish version of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You could even pick up on one of the uh, the Plex channels. For Plex, like where would you rank them in the the pantheon of all the other ones, like Pluto and and all the other services? No, um, you know, uh, if, to me, like I'm, I'm still learning about them. Like it wasn't even on my radar, and then suddenly, like it, you know, they exploded out there. So there, you know, there's a lot of money behind them. Obviously, they just raised fifty million more, but they're making a lot of waves. And I, I think for especially for a service that's not connected, not yet connected to a huge network conglomerate that um you know they're uh they're making uh, a lot of waves they're they're strong competitor already i would say to to pluto and sometimes the goal of these companies is to get acquired and then the original investors kind of you know they make their money so that's something to look for if there's a big um uh, network that uh, doesn't yet own something like this, or it would be complementary programming to what they own. Um, you know that they might be acquired one day. OVW growing and growing. What's the latest news on Ohio Valley Wrestling? Yeah, so I think um, I think we got the scoop of this uh, months ago. One of our first yeah, episodes. Yeah of the business of the business. And we learned then that the goal was to grow not only the national footprint and the um, digital footprint, but in the state of Kentucky. And look, they're, uh, they did it. They're going to be on in every major market in the state of Kentucky. They're going to be on the over the air stations, the affiliates throughout, um, throughout the state. They're going to air multiple times. They, uh, they plan to, uh, to tour, um, regularly throughout um, utilizing connections that have been made in the past with Kentucky um, sports radio, but just uh, using local um, celebrities to, to help support the show. And um, yeah, let's see what happens. They're really building something. I love to, to follow, um, you know, um, regional promotions, especially as they grow. Um, obviously, there's something going on in Texas with um, with the promotion over there, but it's great to see something uh, building up in Kentucky. And even a, a recent article on WYMT, they were talking about um, the days of Smoky Mountain wrestling and anything that connects back there um, uh, is always cool to see. So this might be a great question on on your other podcast with with the good doctor to see um, if he's heard uh, about some of these rumblings and if he thinks some of these towns can can be revived. Yes, good call. Kind of have to uh, check with him and see because uh, we do talk about them as far as you know Smoky Mountain days and how they were doing then. And wrestling was kind of down during that period of Smoky Mountain, but those fans. Very, very passionate. They love their wrestling. Oh, yeah. That was like, that was, um, you know, a time where, where people really believed or, or they were willing to, you know, sort of get engrossed in, in the show. And, you know, I think that's the best type of wrestling. The biggest TV growth for U.S. regional promotions are, what are they? 
So, you know, the, for our regular listeners, I don't think it'll be anything new, but I thought it was time to go back and uh, and sort of like take a look back. Um, this is obviously, of course, pre-MLW uh, announcing Vice. I, I think, you know, in terms of if you were going to announce the biggest growth uh, over the last few weeks, you know, to be on a, a station like that um, certainly vaults you first. But in terms of regional wrestling um, or syndicated wrestling, you know, those that that we've been watching closely, SWE Fury, um, as they've grown not only their Texas stations, but all across, not necessarily all across the U.S., but certainly multiple stations across the U.S., Championship Wrestling, as uh, they've geared towards um, regional markets, especially, let's say, Championship Wrestling from Georgia that will be coming from this summer, um, OVW, which we just talked about, and our good friends at uh, Jared Parsons Wrestling as they, they grow their cr- classic wrestling imprint. And um, some big news, although we don't know how it will be distributed, perhaps it will be streamed. That's what people were guessing in my poll. But I saw that a, a writer or producer um, said that uh, he is uh, Stephen Dickey is the name. And um, he said it, it'll be good to be back with uh, WOW Wrestling. Um, so WOW is not dead. Um, so he wrote, he's a screenwriter and he wrote, ready to get back to work with the amazing people at WOW. Who's ready for another season of the best women's wrestling? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So also, just to kind of throw it out there with MLW, they say, according to PW Insider, they're going to start with archived content. So the initial thing is going to be guys like Punk and Funk and Raven and Dusty Rhodes and stuff. It's just weird that they're not going with original programming right off the bat. They're going to go with some archive stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I'm a little less excited. Me too, <laughs> yeah. Later. But, um, you know, uh, it seemed like being wasn't exclusive, but, you know, there might be a time period um, where, um, you know, one sort of like has to allow the other like to to finish up but it seemed like they'd just be continuing on bn so i don't know you know of course this this is just coming out you know you might know as you're listening already by friday but we have to sort that out but you know sometimes there's something to sort of introducing the audience to wrestling but i find that that tends to be lower rated like i know ecw i think there was the idea of doing that on tnn when they started sort of like introducing the audience to who you are but when you go live or you have the first week of original programming that usually does best. So we'll have to follow it, but I think, you know, hopefully they'll utilize what they have in the best way possible. Court, I think is very smart to the business having done this for more than 20 years in a variety of capacity. So I think they'll, they'll make it work, but hopefully um, vice just doesn't want it for their, uh, for their archived content. Also, I mean, it's some cool stuff, but it MLW Underground didn't really 
run very long on, on the Sunshine Network and wherever else it was syndicated. So there's really only so much you can do with it. Interesting. To me, it's like, wow, you probably should start off with some new original content, maybe create some shows and tapings based around debuting on Vice. No, no, it could be a, a bit of a stumble, a bit of a misstep maybe on this one. Yeah, well, we're going to have to see what happens because, you know, you don't want to have like um, archive content. And then the first week you're like, they drew 40,000 and you're like, okay. <laughs> Everyone's like sort of excited for more. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. only the, the reality, but the perception. Like this is the opportunity for fans to get behind the show. And sort of like if it's stumbling out of the gate, you know, it's hard to get behind it. But let's we'll, we'll give it a chance. See, see what happens. We will give it a chance to know that about it, and we'll probably talk about it on the show. Uh, but moving on, let's talk about Dan Rodimer. What is going on with him? And he's kind of been creating this little thing called Wrestling for Your Rights. Yeah, so um, for those that haven't been following the Nevada and later the uh, Texas politics, although, of course, it's been more of a national story, Dan Rodimer is sort of a... Um, I guess you could say it's simply sort of like a uh, a big Trump supporter, sort of leans more towards that side of the Republican conservative party, sort of like goes for like sort of straight talk. Um, uh, you know, he kind of like eggs on like Nancy Pelosi, although I'm not sure if she even knows who he is. But um, so he lost in Nevada for whatever he was running for. Now he's in Texas and sort of people are saying, well, you're not really a Texan. So what are you claiming here? But the, the, the way that it really ties in besides just being um, a former wrestler running for a con congressional role is that he's actually running a wrestling show where he's advertising Glenn Jacobs, of course, Kane, who's a mayor in Tennessee, Al Snow, Doug Basham, and uh, Daniel Pewter. So um, when I was doing research for my book, Trump Mania, uh, I found that there have been a wrestling used for sort of political rallies before, sort of you want to get as many people as you can to a show, but I hadn't seen that in a while. And um, it'll be interesting to follow, or actually it took place a couple of days ago. So maybe we could find um, through some news outlets, how, uh, how they did on April 17th in Mansfield, Texas, in terms of drawing fans to, uh, to come to a, uh, a free event for families. So as far as another story, and this is an interesting one to me because I just got Showtime specifically because of the deal that they're running for Bellator, and I absolutely love Bellator. So what's going on with pro wrestling driving some digital subs for Showtime? No, so um, I definitely um, want to hear more about that from your perspective. Um, I'm a, uh, a lapsed MMA fan as well. Um, I was more of the, um, I wouldn't say the earliest UFC, because I was a little young for that, even though I was sort of aware of it. It felt like a little too gritty for me, like as a kid, but like, um, certainly like pride hooked me. And then that UFC period with like the beginning of the ultimate fighter. And then I sort of like lost my context for it. But like, to me, Bellator seemed like, um, you know, that they, they have a lot of fights and some names, but it didn't seem to me that it could like draw people to subscribe. So I'd love to hear more about that. But like when I was thinking about it in terms of driving up subscribers before knowing about MLW signing with, um, uh, 
uh, their dear advice, although PW Insider had said a week or two ago that they're still talking to Discovery. So kudos to Court if he's signing these deals and they're not exclusive. But like in thinking about it, like more pro wrestling on Showtime, I don't think would draw anyone. But if there was like a, a unique niche to it so like an mlw where perhaps you'd put their 10 pull event so rather than running pay-per-views or i pay-per-views like to draw people to a showtime um there's very few promotions where you can i would say do something like that maybe with um impact or roh's 10 pull um shows as well there might be a draw there or i know triple a is is working through some litigation or uh, regarding uh, U.S. exclusive rights, but maybe if it wasn't available um, for for streaming, um, you know, maybe something like Triple Mania might be a draw uh, for ordering Showtime. Bellator, to me, is great. I'm always enjoying it. It's Those guys are kind of under the radar, and you don't really think about it. Like, Okay, Benson Henderson goes there, and you think like, okay, he's still in his prime, like he's going to be good. He got like wiped out a bunch of times. He's only five and five there in his ten fights. Easily could be four and six. Easily could be maybe worse than that. And a couple fights they gave him were some gimme fights. But when he had some really kind of competitive fights, man, he got destroyed. So it's just interesting, like, like just like see, think that like UFC really has a lot of the great fighters, but Beltor had some really good ones that are kind of under the radar. And Fedor has basically a group of guys, Team Fedor, which is funny because it's really Fedor team. That's how Russians say it, but everyone else called them Team Fedor. They get a bunch of beasts. Their light heavyweight champion just destroyed Phil Davis. Funny as hell that the, the scorecard said it was 48-47. He, he won 50-45. He won every round. Uh, he And this is the second time he beat Phil Davis. So his name is Vadim Nenkov. He's great. They got a Moldovsky who's a heavyweight. So it's funny that these guys are in Bellator and like, oh, Bellator's second great, but I don't know. You bring in some UFC guys like Rory McDonald did not do good there either. So I mean, you bring in some of these guys and and they'll get wiped out by some of these under the radar, maybe unknown names that should be known very very soon. No, no one told me about Fedor's team. Now I'm like, hey, how much is Showtime? <laughs> so you, you sold me as as you know a big Fedor fan. I remember the days of like. Um, Russian top team and uh, Red Devil um, yep. as like they would emerge in pride. And like, that was really cool about it. I, I forgot to, to ask as we were talking about wrestle map, sort of like, I'm wondering if there would be like something to it. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, in some of these regions, like people really haven't had the training as much, but like, let's say you have like, you sort of do it documentary style. Like you focus on like the champion of the Congo and the champion of Nepal, and then like one travels to one's region and has a match, and then there's like a the return match in the other person's region, and sort of like you build up up the shows in this way, sort of exposing totally new talents and and totally new markets. Man, I feel like the Bellator has a bunch of like good under the radar talents, like even Doug Lima, who who I know people are probably familiar with. He's great. Uh, Patricio Pitbull, he's unbelievable. It's just like, I don't know, they got a bunch of good fighters. And obviously, 
Michael Chandler years ago stunned the world and beat Eddie Eddie Alvarez. Now Chandler's in UFC, and now you know he's got a main value. But they got a bunch of good guys there. That I and Nemkov is just fresh off a win off another win off against Phil Davis, and he destroyed Ryan Bader when they fought too. So I mean, good good young fighters in Bellator, and then of course you know they fade or still fighting there. They have a bunch of the old guys too, but that kind of gets me interested. It gets me intrigued. Like, oh, I got to see him one last time and see him fight. And like Fedor for Rampage a few years ago, and like they're both old and, and probably out of their prime, out of shape. But love those guys, and those are like the two main guys from Pride, two of the main guys from Pride. So it's like cool as hell to kind of see. Yeah, no, like I don't know if it's the same as in pro wrestling, but I think there's something to it. Like with MMA and, and in boxing, I think also like whenever you became a fan, like those are the best to you. Like you connect most with, with those people. Like it's not the same as becoming like a pro wrestling fan at 10, but whenever people start following these sports, like, like you have that cycle and those guys are like the best, even though, you know, they've lost, you kind of want to follow their careers and, and see how they're doing. And, and that's still what appeals to me. Like when I hear about like Frank Mir, I'm like, oh yeah, I, how did he do it on, uh, you know, in that match? And I had to to look that up. Yeah. His, he, he, see, he just had his boxing match. And it's funny. I was, I was, everyone was so interesting. Askren, Jake Paul, I knew it was a little, going to be a little bit of a schmoz or, or a work shoot there. And, you know, just to me, it seemed like that. But I was interested in Miro. I was, oh, how is, how's he doing? Like, his Cunningham's a pretty good boxer. So it's like, oh, I wonder how Miro will do in that. And then, obviously, I don't know if you knew this, but Miro fought Fedor in Bellator. He lost in about 30 seconds. Fedor knocked him out. But <laughs> I was so interested in that fight. I was so invested. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I was happy for Fedor because it seemed like he was uh... – he was having a hard time at that time and he needed something. So, uh, yeah, like I used to think about Fedor, like once, once like that mystique was broken, I was like, can you like get him down to 185? You know, he's short. Can you get yeah. him down to 185? Will he be competitive? But like, it's sort of hard once, once you sort of like, uh, you, you get knocked off the mountain after being so dominant for so long. Yeah. It's hard winning 30 fights in a row for 10, 10 years in a row. You know what I mean? Being undefeated. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not uh, easy to kind of come back and definitely not in his prime anymore, but still fun to see him fight, especially if he's going to knock somebody out. Oh, man. It's fun. Yeah. But um, as far as pro wrestling, AEW is filming so much content right now. Why? Yeah, so that's been like our weekly question, right? So I was excited to see somebody attempting to answer it or give some insight. Um, Wrestling Inc. had a little bit of peace on it. I think it came from some Observer Radio discussion, which we 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 respect very much, but we tend not to talk about it that much just because it tends to be covered well. But it really related to our topic so much um, that that's at hand. So it was noted that taping so many hours of content enables AEW to look at more talent and basically serve as a developmental system, but also the number of hours over the course of the next few years will enable the company to either set up their own streaming platform or potentially get a major streaming company to look at buying their content as WWE has done with Peacock and the WWE network. So even though it seemed like AEW, their focus wasn't on, on streaming uh, and we talked about the possibility of maybe like a major competitor to Peacock's WWE content, but um, you know they could see these deals happening. So like you're just producing so much content that maybe you can uh, sell it or get a good price later. Once you're already putting it out there on YouTube, I'm not sure. Um, and also like a lot of it 
isn't necessarily marquee talent. So if it's if it's content where you eventually use the guys more later, then there's something to it. But if it's you know a number of guys where they're kind of flying, they are flying themselves in, um, and then you don't hear from them again. You know, there's not much you can do with it. So I guess they can pick and choose, but there's not a lot of opportunity for them to grow their content outside of what they're producing on TNT if they don't do something like this. So this is a good way to sort of multiply their hours. So if they're trying to sell it, so instead of saying um, we have um, 125 hours a year, now they could say uh, we have um, 500 hours. See, to me, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here. So you're filming all this stuff, AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. The guys that maybe they'll make in the future, maybe we'll want to see this stuff. But let's just say Omega, Moxley, Cody, they're rarely on those shows. That's the kind of content I would want to see. Like, I know back in the day, superstars, you'd get a bunch of the good guys. It'd be squash matches, essentially the same thing. But here, we're not even getting good guys get squash matches on AEW Dark and stuff. I mean, we're kind of getting... Not crap, but we're not getting the best of AEW. So I wonder how much that's really worth in the grand scheme of things. I would think that's worth next to nothing, streaming-wise. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, sometimes they'll, they'll throw the guys on there, but, you know, it's, you know, and rightly so, it's not necessarily a, a marquee matchup. So I don't think it completely solves the riddle to me. Um, so we'll have to see if they're just absorbing it just to – um, keep guys, um, you know, in the spotlight in some way. If it's a land grab, continued land grab for subscribers on YouTube, um, and it's not, you know, it's it's costing them money, but it's not a huge cost, and they're absorbing it. You know, maybe that's why they're doing it. So, I could see streaming rights being a, a good supplemental revenue, but there's not so much content that they have. You know, if, if there was more of a market for it and sort of like AEW was the overall umbrella and they were to purchase something like Impact, then you immediately multiply your content time, right? Like Impact, let's say two hours a week, you know, sometimes they, they weren't doing that, but there was syndication or there was additional pay-per-view, let's say two hours a week times um, 52 weeks. So a hundred and something hours a year times 20 years, right? So that's like, if my math is correct, like uh, 2000 hours. So it's whatever AEW has plus 2000, you know, so if you have, um, you know, there's not so many of those possibilities out there. Ring of Honor, um, you know, would be the next thing that comes to mind. But like you can you can multiply your numbers by going outside as well. What is NFT and what is WB with Undertaker doing with it? What's Marvel and DC doing? What is this stuff? Yeah, so I'm I'm still sort of like getting my mind around it, but I've been reading. So non-fungible tokens. So um, Los Angeles Times had an interesting article which said, who can sell a Wonder Woman NFT? The guy who drew her or DC Comics? So of course there are people that own the content and then there are people that could produce the content. So for example, um, there's this guy, he's an artist. He would go to comic conventions and then fans would say, can you make me a Wonder Woman and have her um, jumping over a car or whatever they wanted to do? And then they would pay a few bucks for it. Now, instead of doing that, he 
takes the picture and he turns it into this non-fungible token, sort of like this digital copy in which somebody could buy the rights to this. So it's like it, it could be the only one that exists in the world like this. And people are excited about this. We see with, with the Undertaker clip where McFoley's getting thrown off of the cage, of course, in the Hell in the Cell, that sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I really feel like McFoley deserves um, a good cut of that money for, for risking his life for that. But um, it just goes to show like, you know, there, there's money to be made at the moment with this. But like if I'm a performer, uh, especially like uh, an independent contractor, let's say I performed for a local show and I have a clip of myself doing a cool move. Can I sell that NFT? Does the promotion own it? So there, there's a lot to be sorted out. So confusing to me. It's like, what the hell is this stuff now? I mean, WWE will literally tell anything to anybody. But I was like, Undertaker, NFT, what in the hell? Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, the whole thing came out of nowhere. And then, you know, of course, we see um, some wrestling promotions trying to jump on it because, you know, while, while it's hot, you try and make the money. Um, but, you know, some people like... Uh, you know, not the same like with digital currency like Bitcoin, but some people were able to buy these things early and then they sold it uh, and made made good profits as well. So it seems like kind of the Wild West still and, and pretty, um, uh, you know, pretty difficult roadmap still. But people that know what they're doing and are moving it around seem to be making money. Man, that's crazy to me. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, maybe I'll never understand it, but uh very, very cool stuff this week. Great to have Brian Anderson of WrestleMap join us. And, of course, some late-breaking news about MLW to Advice TV was very cool. But let's get to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 2 Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Lavi, what do you got? Yeah, so follow me on Twitter, LaViMarg, L-A-V-I-E-M-A-R-G, if you want to get a heads up on these stories. Even before the podcast, um, I pretty much share all of them on here. It's actually my my archive when, when I'm building up the notes. And then um, when you're listening to the show, you can sort of like compare that to your thoughts and, and what you found about it. We also love to hear from you on Twitter, what questions that you have, any feedback that you have about the show, um, anything like that. Um, on Lion hubjobsearch.com. I have um, all the uh, podcasts archived in one article. I also have longer form articles, especially um, a television guide to pro wrestling in the U.S., the most comprehensive one thus far until WrestleMap uh, does their own. And next week, we will dive into more MLW to Vice TV. We'll definitely find out if it's archival footage or if they're going to be doing some new original programming. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about AEW filming some more content and where that may be headed. Bobby, thank you uh, again. This has been great each and every week covering the business of the business with you. Really, uh, really think this was a good one. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, real pleasure. Uh, such an exciting week of the moment. And uh, so great having a fun guest. Good stuff. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here on the Creative Control Network for the Business of the Business Podcast. See you next week.
This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.